And while that seems like a good place to end, and I think that's a not an unreasonable expectation for an outcome, it's worth just devoting a few minutes to what if the opposite happens, right? Because I go back to other countries and their leaders talking about how they're not talking about how these things are unknown and that we see them. They're no kidding saying that these are aliens, that they're extraterrestrials. They're not humans from our time and place on earth right now. They're not even, they're not playing that. We don't have an answer. You don't have a question game. They're saying, no, we have the answer. And it's that they're aliens. And when you see, you know, the Catholic church and these religions, and I'd be interested to know if, you know, within the Muslim world uh, or the Islam world, if any of these kind of discussions are taking place. And, um, because those things tend to make it seem like we're not going to be able to roll it back the way they did at Roswell, the way they did in D.C., the way they did with Project Blue Book. They might, the toothpaste could be out of the tube, so to speak. However, we have short, 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 short attention spans and memories, at least as American citizens. And if we went another five years without a leaked video or out without some kind of event that would trigger interest in UFOs and ETs, it would not be difficult for the government to bury this. And you know that that's true. Every one of you listening to this knows that if we don't hear about it, see anything new... In three to four years, it's going to be like, eh, yeah, it was an unknown. We still know what it was, but, you know, it hasn't come back. We haven't seen it again. It's not a problem, so we don't need an answer, um, right? And so that's the piece. And, and clearly, uh, the politicians are going to know that. Department of Defense people are going to know that. They play, you know, information warfare is a division, right? Or information operations is a division in a lot of the military services, they know how to do this. They know how information works. They know how propaganda works. Um, and so I think the risk is there that this just goes away. And I think a lot of that, though, may depend on what exactly comes out. Because if more comes out, right? And so that's kind of where we are. What is the Department of Defense going to do? One of the things that I heard about this whole thing is that the Defense Intelligence Agency, they don't want to be a part of this. Like they're very resistant to giving out. And what that tells me is when one agency is resistant, when others aren't, that tells me there's a personality problem, right? It's just that bureaucratic resistance. The government or any agency, the Defense Intelligence Agency, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an, it's not an entity. It doesn't have its own opinions. It doesn't have its own thoughts or emotions. It has people who run it, and those people are the ones who have the thoughts and the emotions. The resistance comes from the people in the organization, not from the organization. That's why the FBI is probably like, yeah, we don't care. Here's some alien stuff, and then you have another organization that's like, mm, no, we're not going to give you guys anything. That is about individuals in the organizations. It's not about the organizations. And it's not even about the information. It's about the individuals, whether it's their paranoia, their own personal perspective, whatever. That's one of the frustrating things about government is that, you know, different agencies get a lot of bad raps based on what they are or what their name is. 
but it's not the agencies. It's the people inside them who are in positions um, to cause problems. And I'll be honest with you. And again, I keep saying this. I hate using my own personal experience. Most of the time in these agencies, it's the career civilian employees who cause the most problems. They're, you know, you might hear the term frozen middle. That's who they are. There are people who have been getting their paychecks from the same organization, maybe 10, 15, maybe 30 years. Some of these people have been in these positions. They don't want change. They just want to keep doing what they've always been doing. They enjoy the authority and the power that being the continuity in that agency gives them. And when someone starts trying to change something or force them to give up something they've never had to give up before, that's where you meet this kind of resistance. You know, it's rarely military officers. Sometimes you get military officers who are in charge and they have strong personal opinions one way or the other, like some of these religious convictions I've mentioned, but they're not usually in one position long enough to stonewall somebody, right? So it's, it's rarely um, the military. And I should have mentioned this when we started this whole conversation about the, the bureaucratic resistance, the institutional resistance. Because it is the career civilian people who work these positions. Like you go to Area 51, there's very few military members that are going to be running around that place. It's almost all civilians, right? Most of your military commanders, they don't stay at a place for more than two or three years. And they're hopping all over the place. They don't even stay in the same kind of job for two or three years. So they're never even in a position to cause that kind of resistance. At one point in time, they might be able to, but not over a protracted period of, of, of American history. And so, if we get some disclosure and we get enough cats out of the bag, I think maybe we can avoid rolling it back up. I still think there's significant risk of this just getting rolled back up. But now let's just imagine, okay, what happens if it doesn't get rolled back up? Again, where do we go from here? What if, you know, I mean, let's just say Congress comes out, they get their reports, they finally get enough motivation to go ahead and declassify a bunch of stuff, and we get a, just a flood of unidentified area phenomenon over the last 20 years with, you know, modern military surveillance equipment, indisputable evidence of these things. And you got all these scientists and capability experts coming out and say, yeah, this is not human technology. What happens next? What happens next? You know, that's a way that they could phrase it without coming out and saying we have ETs, right? Because that would logically follow the evidence. We see what we see here. And nowhere on the planet have we been able to witness even anything close to this kind of technology or this kind of capability, which leads us to the conclusion that this is not human capability. That doesn't mean that ETs are here. In fact, my personal sort of feeling as I've sort of read between the lines of all these things that have been said recently is I feel like the momentum or just the language being used is being set up to maybe consider the idea that they're non-human craft, but they're probably remotely piloted. There's not actually beings in there. However, I do think that that's almost like a split in the baby kind of scenario. Like if you don't want to come out and admit that extraterrestrials are visiting the earth, but you got to explain 
extraterrestrial technology, the way you kind of split that baby and say, okay, yeah, it's alien technology, but they're not actually here, so don't worry about it. Versus, and you might be able to, you know, understand that distinction. Versus, yep, those are aliens. They're flying around above your head. Uh, we don't really know. We can't catch them. We can't stop them. We can't track them. Sorry, America. Um, right? So you can see how that narrative, shaping that narrative to say, all right, they're not human. They're unknown. They're probably extraterrestrial or some non-human technology, but they're not, there's not beings in there. Aliens aren't invading Earth. They're not here. This is just their technology. It's like us sending a probe to Mars. We're not actually on Mars, but we have technology on Mars, um, right? Like if there was some ind- indigenous population on Mars, similar to, you know, cavemen on the planet Earth, and they see our rover or our new helicopter flying around up there, uh, that's what it's like, you know. They're not invading us. They're not here. They might not even have the technology to get here. They just have the technology to send drones here or rovers here or whatever. I could see, I begin to see the formation of a narrative there with what has been said. Now, the problem is, while it could be a manipulating narrative to sort of ease us into, you know, extraterrestrial visitation, it also very well could be true. Um, just because the nature of physics, space travel, all of that, the first step likely would be drones. Um, however, they do appear to be under intelligent control, as they would say, as, as they said in those interviews. Um, but if we're assuming that kind of advanced capability and technology, we probably shouldn't you know, p- place speculative limits on what their technology might be able to do and how far away from Earth they could actually be in space or time and controlling some craft here. But if we assume that this is where we're going and that we're going to get this conclusion that these are not human craft, we think they're probably remotely piloted, what's next? What does the American government do? What's the response? What do we say? You know, what kind of nonsensical bill is the House of Representatives going to submit the very next day in response to this? Because you know there's going to be some nonsense coming and you're going to have all these people talking about it. Oh, what should we do? Every news, whether it's CNN or Fox News, everyone's going to have a damn opinion. You're going to get all these experts on there. You're going to get generals and scientists and holy shit, everybody is going to have a damn opinion. You know, we've already seen... Some people come out and say, yeah, we hope it's not them because it's going to be like, you know, Columbus and the Indians or whatever, right? Um, And then you have some people that said, look, I'm not that worried about it because based on this capability, if they wanted to kill us, well, they probably could have already, right? I mean, they could turn our missiles off, right? If we're assuming that that it's extraterrestrials and they're here... And that's what we've seen recently. Then we got to make that assumption that some of those stories that we've seen from the past are indeed the same entity or similar entities, and they have the ability to pretty much do whatever they want to be like, you know, we've had our, some of our most advanced planes try to track them down. It'd be interesting to know if anyone, if an F-22s ever encountered one and tried to use its advanced capabilities to try to intercept it, keep up with it, catch it or hide from it. I'm probably never going to know that. That's too much capability knowledge that would, even if we had that information, I would, I'd be hard pressed to say that it would be smart to release that just because the limits of capability 
is something that any adversary can take advantage of. You know, but I don't know. Do we, and do we get a partisan? Do we get a partisan moment on this, or is aliens the, exactly the thing we need to end the partisanness? Right? You know, is it like an Independence Day where said, you know, where you know, mankind has a new meaning? Right? It's an interesting thought, and I think that's I think that's kind of a good stopping place because the point of this whole series of all these mindless ramblings that you're going to get from me it's to generate thought to stimulate thought thought experiments where do we go from here where do we go if we learn definitively or at least confidently that these things are not human technology where do we go what does it do to us how does that put human society in perspective and more importantly the practical details like is our day-to-day life going to change probably not but you know stuff's going to happen in congress stuff's going to happen do we get you know republicans are like oh holy shit we need to get freaking star wars back running you know sdi all these sort of global defense initiatives that were imagined during the cold war we got to get some things out here we are vulnerable we could just be wiped out in a moment's notice you know or and are we going to get then you know sort of a peace, love, partying type of thing from, you know, the democratic side. Like, nah, we should negotiate. We should try to get the technology used to make us better. Are we going to get those? Is there going to be strong opinions one way or the other? And more importantly, has anyone asked these questions in the government? We know because of that report that they did back in the 60s that somebody was thinking about what was going to happen to society when um, extraterrestrials were revealed to be real. What was going to happen? That was a long time ago. Has anyone updated that report? What do they think is going to happen? I don't think anything would happen. In fact, after 2021, uh, I mean 2020, anything's possible. Can't get any worse, can it? Shouldn't say that. Could get a lot worse. Um, I know a lot of people have have suffered, but it has been worse. It has been much, much worse. Um, but it's been weird. It's been worse. I don't know if it's ever been as weird because of the the election cycle and just the nature of Donald Trump and his presidency um, and, you know, the divided country and what's going on in the rest of the world. I mean, we get a giant tanker, I mean, a giant cargo ship stuck (laughs) in a canal and like shuts the world down. Um, It's been weird. And so disclosure of the existence of aliens might just be another day. Uh, in this post-2020 world that we live in. Um, you know, that's, that's what I think about. That's what I'm curious to see is what do they conclude and then where do they go from here? Um, and like I said, it's, it's my personal view that all of these things are leading towards some type of affirmative disclosure of at the very least the existence of extraterrestrial technology on planet Earth or in our atmosphere. I don't know how you can read those tea leaves any other way, you know. And having said that, like I said, I still would not be surprised if this gets rolled back up. I just think almost too much of it is out. If it was just the American government, just the American people, I think there would be risk of it getting rolled back up. Um, But at this point, it's spread beyond just the U.S. government, um, even just in U.S. territory terms in terms of 
you know, different entities, um, people leaking stuff. We are getting into this, you're normalizing um, disclosure of things that not that long ago, it would have been wild to think of people in the military disclosing these things. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example. And we actually have actually seen people talk about this who are involved in this kind of thing is somebody smuggled those videos off those aircraft carriers the first time. That's how they got out. I and mean, you can go read, and I, you know, I encourage you, if you're curious about any of this stuff, go read how they got out. They 100% got out because some enlisted person in one of those control rooms made a copy and then sent that copy to some place um, to anonymously post it on the web. Otherwise, we may not even be having this conversation. I might not even be doing this podcast right now. You know, the Senate may have never ordered the disclosure of all this without one enlisted person in the Navy making a copy. And I say it was an enlisted person because that's who works those things. And, and, and it's just highly unlikely to me that it was an officer, Navy officer on aircraft carrier that would have done that. Could have been. My opinion would not be. And, you know, that's how this started. It wasn't voluntary disclosure. And I think that's maybe something that um, I should have keyed on a little more when we're talking about this is none of the disclosure was voluntary. They were, their hand was forced. And now we are seeing the results of a forced hand of disclosure. And that, that leads me to believe that there are people who still want to sit on this because all the sources, they tell us there's more out there. There's more like this out there. Hasn't been released yet. They want to get it released, but it hasn't been released yet, which tells you someone's still sitting on it. And so we'll see if the Senate, you know, is able to break through, you know, that frozen middle, that bureaucratic resistance to the disclosure on this topic, you know, or at least find out why, you know, um, again, this, where it comes back to that partisan thing becomes interesting to me because generally, you know, the conservative side, the Republican side, they give a lot more deference to the Department of Defense, to national security, to the military aspect. And you could see them leaning towards this lack of disclosure. But they're the ones that are kind of leading this item. And I think more than anything, that actually reflects a little bit in a shift uh, in the Republican Party that you've kind of seen over the last 20 years with the Tea Party people. And you've really kind of seeing the Republican pivot, the Republican sort of, if not pivot, but split itself a little bit where you have a large segment of them who aren't just homers for the military anymore. They're almost, you know, a Tea Party type libertarian, like they're super hyper critical of the government. You know, the traditional idea would be that conservatives and Republicans, they're, they're all about state governments having the right to do what they want. They want the federal government to be small and stay the hell out of stuff. But they want the military to be strong and robust. And, you know, they kind of give the military a pass. But this new generation of Republicans that's kind of come along, you know, since 2008, I guess, the military doesn't get the pass from the Republican side or the conservative side that it used to, um, which could explain some of this um, forced disclosure or at least this interest in disclosure because they're kind of taking the baton from some of these democratic senators and some of these democratic administrative administration officials that had been around pushing for the same kind of disclosure. And so 
man, what wouldn't it be something if it was like the UFO phenomenon is what brings, you know, the bipartisanship, brings both sides to the table and sparks this kernel of, you know, common, uh, I don't know, common good or, or common effort or whatever. But I'll stop rambling about this stuff. You know, it's all speculation. We'll see how it plays out. And who knows, if I keep doing this and enough people like it, maybe we'll have another conversation about it in six months or a year or whatever. Thanks for listening.